Hey everybody, Dave Kurt, broker of record with Lake City Realty, coming at you with another episode of Sudbury Real Estate Podcast. We built Lake City. We built Lake City on rock and so build Lake City. We built Lake City. It is cold out there. I hope you've survived the first half week half month of January so far. Honestly, between every day feeling like it's minus 40 outside, trying to work my best with the kids working from home or doing education from home, as well as dealing with the latest round of shutdowns, let's just say the last uh, the last couple of weeks have been a little stressful for uh, my home and uh, for me personally. The consensus was that the, there is still a lot of demand in the marketplace for specific properties. So I was really interested to really try to follow the listings as to what's happening and to see if that's going to play out this week. And wow, was that ever reflected in the stats this week? I had to remind myself that the hot properties are always holding off offers and usually for about around a week. So the listings that got posted the first week back after holidays, which was last week, were only getting sold and reported this week. And so starting out 2022, we see listings were, were outpacing sales by a lot, but that that completely reversed this, this week here. So last week we saw 13 sales. This week we jumped to 29. Last week we had 37 listings. This week we had 34. So actually listings calmed down a little bit. My comment last week was that that was in addition to what that the, the listings that were happening January 1st to, to or January 6th were the additional listings that would have happened to Christmas over the Christmas break as well. Total listings went from 67 last week to 65 this week. So that actually dropped away a little bit. But what are my five takeaways for the week? Takeaway number one, we saw that sales pick up this week and more than doubling last week's numbers. This was a great reminder that sales don't happen step in, in, with step with, with new listings. They're about delayed by about a week, just as I commented earlier, and due to that holding off offer scenario that a lot of sellers are practicing. The 29 sales this we saw this week, that means a lot of them were from that 37 new listings that happened last week. This is a great reminder that sales can be a lagging indicator to the actual marketplace. 25 out of the 29 deals happened this week were in multiple offers. So my takeaway number two is, wow, it seems like nine out of 10 deals are selling in bidding wars. And it's been on my mind that it's consumers are just expecting this to happen. But that's, that's an interesting thing, but also a, like it, I, I guess it, it feels like all the buyers are out there understand that they're going to be in bidding wars for most of the properties they're looking at. But when we see 90% of the deals sell in multiple offers, it's that realization that the buyers aren't afraid to be jumping on the places that are out there. And not only that, speaking to some of the agents that were competing with them, like it seemed like they were getting like 10 plus offers on these listings, which means that there's so much demand to go through for those total 60 some listings available in those 34 uh, or 29 sales that actually happened. Takeaway three this week, it's always interesting to look at this year's numbers and how they stack up versus last year's numbers. So what I did is I actually went back to it was January 8th to 14th, 2021 versus January 7th to 13th, 2022. What did I see? We had identical sales for that period of time. So we had 29 sales in this week as well as a year ago at this time. The conditionals were almost identical too. There was nine conditional deals last week and there's five conditional deals this week. The new listings were almost identical as well. Last year we had 31 new listings and this week we had 34 new listings. What were the two biggest changes in the numbers? Last year, we had 122 total listings available at this time. This week, we're half of that. That's a big change. The other change that we're finding is that we had 12 of those 29 sales last year happened to multiple offers. 
This year, we sell 25 of those 29 sales happen to multiple offers. So it's, it's a reminder that even with all the shutdowns and kids working from schools and stuff like that and the government restrictions, we're still seeing exceptionally busy times in the marketplace, even more so than last year. And if, it, if the government was not going to intervene with the interest rates, we would be headed to uh, some, some real chaotic times, I think. But I, we know that that's, uh, there's writing on the wall with that, and I'll get to that a little bit later. Takeaway, what is it? Takeaway four for this week. We had a fireside chat this week with our Teaching Tuesday. We do it every week in our office, and it's one of my favorite things that I've that coming out of last year that we do a really good job on, focusing on get, bringing some education to, the, to our agents in our office. So what I had for the fireside chat set up is I had Tristan and myself go, like, go back and forth and trying to chat about some of our biggest takeaways that we've learned and lessons learned, reflections on our career so far. And I gave a lot of thought to how our business has changed. To what, like, and when, when was, like, was there a, a moment in time that I can look back to, to trace that change back? And I actually think I can. It's the implementation of electronic signatures, e-signatures. That was like, it's almost like the BC and, and after, like before Christ and after Christ with, uh, with our timelines. Because what we saw is electronic signatures made our jobs completely easier. I remember I was in a different country being able to deal with people that were, one person was in Vancouver, one person was in Southern Ontario, and we were signing paperwork electronically, which is an amazing thing. A minimal amount of work, a few clicks, we can sign documents. But in an old world, I'd have to drive across town to meet with a client to initial some small change with the paperwork to get everything accepted. But what that did was it put me in front of my clients more. It gave me that belly-to-belly, that face-to-face interaction. And what that is is that I was building relationships on that front. These relationships are still built in this digital world, and we're we're not going to change that technology's not the technology is not going to stop coming. It's just going to continue to be here, and and, and it's going to continue to evolve. And who knows? We might be meeting in the metaverse in, in the in the in the future. But what the the part that will change is we need to adapt as the salespeople. We need to adapt how we build relationships with our clients. It's, it's a very tricky thing to do, and I think that that's one of the biggest changes that I've seen in, in, in my business in the 15 years that I've been in real estate, and I think that is one of the biggest changes that's really going to affect things in the, in, in the grand scheme of things. And as an agent, it's not a negative, it's not a positive, it's just we have to be aware that like the one message that we continue to preach at our office is there's no deal that comes before the clients, and, and we believe in that. So how can we continue to build relationships with the public, with our clients, with, with the people that are out there looking for houses in a digital world. It's still something I'm reflecting on in terms of how do we do it best, but it's, there's no easy answer and clear answer here, but it is something that I am giving a lot of thought to right now. Takeaway five, where does the market go from here? When we compare the volume and activity this year versus last year, we see the huge reduction in selection in the marketplace. That team with a different mindset of buyers acknowledging and accepting the chaos of the marketplace that one out of nine deals is happening or nine out of ten deals is happening in multiple offers. We're primed for continued price appreciation. We know that the interest rates are going to rise, which is going to calm the market down to some slight extent. But the demand should exceed the government's attempt to calm the marketplace. That gets me thinking in terms of the bigger picture is is the whole world overvalued and Canada overvalued and Sudbury compared to the rest of Ontario, I've pointed out multiple times, the rest of Ontario is in the high 800s for an average price point. We're in the low 400. So we could double in price and only match the average price of Ontario, but maybe Canada's overpriced and maybe the world's overpriced. 
Chuck Charlton's an amazing realtor out of Milton, and he does. I I try to mimic this newsletter off to, off, off of something that he does um, with his Milton house price report, and he sent out his his report this week, and it included a link to uh, the percentage of rank of of change in in uh, global house price index, and this is going back to specifically quarter three of two thousand twenty one. Canada was ranked tenth at almost twenty percent growth. There was Turkey at almost 40% growth, South Korea at 26% growth, New Zealand, like lots of places in the 20% growth. Even U.S. was close to 20% growth, and that was just in a quarter of house prices. What that shows to me is Canada ranked 10th. So even in this crazy world of growth that we've seen, there's still so much room for price appreciation just to get us on pace with the rest of the world. Now that's going to bring into context the whole idea of... Um, of, of uh, the idea of interest rates and the idea of inflation and where can things go and where will they ultimately go? And I don't have an answer for that. Like the government's going to do what they can to calm inflation because we're at, at times we've never seen before. But I can tell you that a lot of people place value with a roof over their head. Shelter is massive. The idea of people not just seeing houses as a place to live, but as an investment and in turn, using that to leverage their time, looking for that passive income. There's so much demand that's put on that housing marketplace. All in all, it's been a decent, uh, all in all, it's been an amazing time to be a homeowner. Not a great time to be on the sidelines. And where is that affecting things most? It's affecting things for the first time home buyers. The people that are truly in a position to benefit from, from this are the retirees. They're saying, I'm going to exit the market and I'm going to cash out and take my lottery ticket and move on to greener pastures. But where are those greener pastures? Are they going to go rent at 4000 bucks a month? Are they going to take the equity here and go buy a place in Florida or whatever that looks like? It costs so much money. So the people that are really being negative affected right now are the first-time homebuyers trying to enter the marketplace. And we've talked about it before, how it's going to be subsidized by parents and by family members and things like that. A lot of the smart people that I listen to say, we're going to see the greatest wealth transfer in the history of the world in the next 10 years. This is all the stuff that's coming. It's where, where my mind's thinking of constantly. But I do think that we're in a position that we could see continued price, price increase to, to points we've never, ever seen before. If that's the case, buckle up and be ready for it. At the same time, I'm going to continue to give you guys weekly updates with my thoughts on things to try to break things down on the micro level, all the while trying to track what's going on on a macro level as well. Well, until next week, Sudbury, love chatting with you and look forward to chatting then. See you later.